eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. It's real simple. You know, if you take a person's legs away, they can't run. Bear down, baby. Yes, sir. Bears fans, this is Take the North with your hosts, David Haw and Dan Weeder. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Welcome to the Take the North podcast. I'm David Haw from the Mullen and Haw Show on 670 The Score. Dan Weeder covers the Bears for the Chicago Tribune. We are talking Bears offseason, <laughs> the weekend of the divisional playoffs the best weekend in the nfl postseason perhaps but dan we are talking about what the bears are up to in terms of searching for an offensive coordinator all kinds of draft speculation already and just a typical off-season dialogue as it begins what is this divisional round thing that you speak of in my 13 years in the league 11 in chicago two in minnesota i'm unfamiliar with what the divisional round weekend is, is that, is that a, another step in the playoffs? Well, somebody sent me the front page of the Chicago Tribune sports section from 13 years ago, January 17th, I believe it was. And two things stood out to me. Number one, that boy, that was a long time ago. Cause I look a lot different. And number two, cause my column was on it and the bears last won a playoff game 13 years ago, this week and that was a it's been a, a lot of careers have passed and come and gone through Hallis Hall since that point so yes I understand why these things have to be explained in Chicago where divisional playoff 
uh, games or, or things somebody else plays. I wonder how many different people have covered the Bears for the Chicago Tribune since they last won a playoff game. That would include you, right? Yeah. Like that, I, yeah. maybe maybe that's a list for sometime this offseason for me to <laughs> compile the number of different people who have actually covered the Chicago Bears. And, uh, you know, one of these days we'll, we'll know what this is. I really do believe I really do. I'm crossing my fingers. I'm hoping that they're going to unlock the door for us to experience divisional week as participants one year and not just outside observers. That list can be subtitled masochists because <laughs> yes, we are. So the bears are trying to fix all that and trying to get on the right track. I want to start there because the search for the offensive coordinator to replace Luke Getze now is nine people deep. As we sit here on this Friday before playoff weekend, the uh, reports are according to Albert Breer, who was first on this, the Bears are interviewing Cliff Kingsbury today. So that, to me, of the nine names, Dan, and I want you to talk me either away from this ledge. It's not really a ledge, but talk me down a little bit. Settle me down, if you will. I think this, to me, was welcome news because it was the most unexpected news. I feel like in Cliff Kingsbury, the Bears are going counter to convention. In at least seven of the other I think names, perhaps, these were guys who were tied to either Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan and that that brand of offense. You had one guy, um, Brady, who was linked to Matt Eberflus in his past. You had uh, Greg Roman, who was linked to really nobody except for a certain way of um, maybe calling plays. And then there's Kingsbury. I love the idea. Yes, he did coach Caleb Williams at USC. I don't think it stops there in terms of the reasons why the Bears would be intrigued or interested in talking to Cliff Kingsbury. So I'm going to apologize at the outset here because I am low on answers right now. And this list keeps growing. And it reminds me of two years ago when they were going through the general manager and head coaching search and and promising to be thorough. But at some point, you would also expect them to be targeted. And I'm having a little bit of difficulty figuring out where they're trying to go, what their target destination is. Now, Cliff Kingsbury's name on the list is obviously very attractive to a lot of people who see the connection to Caleb Williams and think, okay, at least you'd have married up familiarity between a coach and a quarterback that would help get them on the same page quicker. That's obviously been a problem here in the past with, with drafted quarterbacks and coaches getting on the same page and failing to stay on the same page. And so um, I understand that, that intrigue. I, I just need to have a better understanding of what they're targeting here in, in terms of what Matt's after, in terms of what Ryan is after, in terms of what guidance they're getting from above from Kevin. And, and, and it, it, it just leads us down a road where until we have a hire and until we're able to ask some of these questions, we're left to play a little bit of a guessing game here because how, how much longer is this list going to get? I think our, our friend Brad Biggs, uh, David had the number 14, which is the number of coordinator positions that are either available from teams, either just strictly searching for an offensive coordinator or obviously having blown out the head coach who is then going to be uh, replaced with a new head coach who's going to be replacing for coordinator. And so the bears are in competition here and I think at some point you you better start to to understand that and try to find something that works for you and get us across the finish line of this thing. I agree with all that. A couple of quick points I want to make. Number one, I said this on uh, the Mullion Haas show, and, and I believe it. I don't really care how long it takes. And, and I, for some reason, I don't really care how long the list is. I look at it as you're the Bears and you're not playing in playoff in a playoff game. And 
you do have 14 openings, so there's going to be a lot of people available. It's not like if you move, miss out on a guy that you were targeting, there's not going to be a qualified guy left. This is a series of, at this point in time in the NFL, kind of trial and error. Luke Getze lasted all of two seasons. Not that you want to do that necessarily, but let's face it. If the guy's very good at calling plays as your offensive coordinator, chances are he's going to be interviewing for head coaching jobs in a year or two anyway. So it doesn't bother me the state of flux that this kind of job search remains in. The second thing in terms of Kingsbury himself, I think it accomplishes a couple of things, and which is why it kind of got me a little bit more intrigued than other names. It is part of the vetting process with Caleb Williams. He is going to be candid. He's going to have more access to information about what makes that guy tick. Yes. Most people. He's also a former head coach who came to the Arizona Cardinals from Texas Tech and he had the air raid offense, and he also ran the ball successfully with the Cardinals, so he does offer a little bit of both. He's a smart guy. He's got some polish, and he coached Patrick Mahomes. Right. right. And Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. He knows what greatness looks like in a quarterback, and anytime you have that opportunity, I think you want to take it. Well, listen, I, I'm all good with the opportunity, and I, I am uh, all into the research that is going to come out of this specific interview, which uh, is being done on Friday afternoon on the West Coast. Um, you're going to be able to get a lot of information. You better be taking notes. You better be reviewing those notes. You better be uh, jumping in the car after wherever it is and whenever it is that you meet with Cliff Kingsbury and talking about it immediately to to get all of that stuff crystallized in your head. Because to the, all those points that you made, there's an opportunity to get very concrete knowledge of a prospect in Caleb Williams, of a vision of NFL offense, of how the two things could be married together, of trying to help you, even if you don't ultimately uh, unite and put together a, a, a situation where Cliff Kingsbury becomes an employee at House Hall, you've at least had the opportunity to gather a ton of information from him that is going to be very helpful to you over the next 90 plus days. That part of the, the equation I'm all in for. I just think at some point, um, you know, the, 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 the net can't be so wide that you kind of forget the point, which is like, we better identify someone that we really like as a promising play caller in the NFL and get them to come into our building. Because as you and I have talked about it a bunch here in the last two weeks, this is a very significant hire at a very significant time for this organization and you can't mess it up. So let's just, you know, again, like if it takes a couple more weeks, fine, that's great. Um, but, but just, I want to know what you're, what you're targeting and then what you ultimately accomplish when you make this hire, because again, this person now then has to go out and hire a couple other assistants to fill out that offensive staff as well. Okay. Is this, uh, significant or not? The fact that the bears retained Chris Morgan and the tight end coach, uh, Jim Dre, Jim Dre, Jim Dre, um, Jim Dre was on Cliff Kingsbury's staff in Arizona. How big of a factor is that? I am, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't say a major factor okay. whatsoever. Chris Morgan is an interesting piece in this because uh, the Bears feel very strongly about him. They've, they've felt very strongly about him since the day they hired him. We've seen what he's done with his position group in developing guys like Tevin Jenkins, Braxton Jones, uh, to a lesser extent, Darnell Wright, because he came in um, you know, with a, a much higher expectation and pedigree. Uh, but he's very well respected as, as someone that can help you put together a, a rushing plan. And the Bears have obviously been very good at running the football the last couple of years, a lot of that because of Justin Fields. And so that is going to be something where 
he is going to have to have a connection with whoever you hire as the coordinator. It can't be divisive. It can't be at odds. Otherwise you're just setting yourself up for failure again. And so, um, you know, it'll just be interesting to see again, like the, the, the final picture when we have a staff put together, what it looks like and how all those guys get along and share a vision for where they want to take whoever said quarterback is going to be, which if, by the way, there is some question on who that quarterback. There's is. still some question. I get that. But if the final picture included Cliff Kingsbury calling plays for Caleb Williams for the Chicago Bears. That's a lot of imagination. And I dare I say that Cliff Kingsbury, based on the fact that he was prolific as a college coach, known as an innovator as a college coach or as a, a creative mind, went to the NFL, took that offense with him. It succeeded for a while, and then he got fired and disappeared to Thailand. We'll get to that if he ever gets hired. But I do think that's because he had bought a one-way ticket. That was a big story. But, Dan, Caleb Williams, quarterback, Cliff Kingsbury, offensive coordinator, that would be the most dynamic combination since Martin Cutler in terms of talent and, and brain power. And I know that Martz and Cutler may not be the greatest example. We're talking about the Bears, though. So that's what I was just going to say, because on, the, on our last episode, we finished it by talking about my dream vision for a Chicago Bears museum. The Martz Cutler wing of that museum, David, I don't, I don't know that that is going to have a whole lot of relics in there that people are are dying to have the nostalgic feeling over. I mean, J Jay basically told them to F off. Yeah. And that's going to be the picture that's in the Martz Cutler wing of, of but I know what you're saying in there would be an of, age limit there would be it'd have to be a certain age pg-13 in terms yeah. of accomplishment right like that's going to go beyond the 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 logins barkley wing of the bears museum <laughs> thank you right like so so right like you're i mean but this is all relative here <laughs> yes you know, the, the, the the laser foals wing is going to be one that we kind of blaze through i mean you've just opened up my eyes to a world of possibility and i'm glad that kevin warren and the team owns 326 acres in Arlington heights because i'm going to request 80 acres of them just to put together the uh <laughs> coordinator quarterback wings and take people down a journey. It's going to be like one of those rides at Universal Studios. Just get in the car and buckle in. I have to say, one of the more my favorite memories of the last few years I was at the Tribune was uh, one game, I think it was, and, and Biggs' reaction to the laughter when I identified and I wrote and I showed him Dowell Loggins is doubtful Loggins <laughs> just because of the way he called plays. That's one of the many examples. You mentioned Bill Lazor. There are all kinds of guys. So you know what I mean? When you have somebody of Cliff Kingsbury's reputation, and I, I guess I am getting a little carried away because it is fun. They haven't interviewed nine guys, but he, he's the only name on there that I can let myself get a little carried away. The other guys seem like boilerplate, run-of-the-mill, respected, credible offensive play callers, but not guys who have a little pizzazz. Well, that's why I say that their ability to sell this hire is probably more important than it should be, you know, because yeah. you have this eager yeah. fan base and this eager audience trying to figure out what are you going to do that doesn't put us down the, the, the wing of failed coordinator quarterback combinations. <laughs> and so you're going to have to stand up at a podium whenever this person is hired and you're going to have to explain in grand terms. You're going to have to give the public 
a brochure of what it is you're trying to put together. And they're going to have to envision this in a way that creates some of the adrenaline rush that I feel like you're having just seeing Cliff Kingsbury's name on the candidate list. People are going to need to feel that. They're going to need to feel an energy to get behind it. We all know the, the greatest energy is going to come from production on the field, which can't happen for another eight plus months um, or eight months. And, and so we'll see where it all heads, but man, like you really did unlock my imagination here. I mean, the, 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 the Getsy Peterman uh, wing, that's going to be <laughs> a quick visit week, week, eight, week 18 of the 2022 yeah. season. That one's going to be a fun one. I mean, what like Mike Tice, Jason Campbell, did they ever yeah. work together? You was tell that, me, you tell me. I, I think it might've been, but, but the Mike Tice era was really something. I have to say that was, that may have been Tice and Jimmy Clausen. Perhaps. I mean, we've got, we've, no, no, Jimmy, Jimmy was under who replaced Aaron Cromer. Or, oh yeah. boy! Or, or was might have still been here. It might have been Cromer well, and Clausen. That might, that no wonder everyone was in tears. So I, I mean, mean, like, look, look at what we could do with this wing. I mean, I like, know. Like, it's, studs, studs better use his weekend to put together a graphic of all of these wings, uh, so yeah. that we can reveal them on our next podcast. I just like this offensive coordinator search, and the Bears are headed toward a cliff, and it's not bad news, you know. <laughs> I knew you were going to go there at some point. I'm sorry, I, knew, I, knew you know, I was sitting here. I'll forward, I'll forward that one on to Biggs and Campbell and, and please get their do. on that one. I want to get to, I'm trying to amuse you guys still. <laughs> okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. So besides Cliff Kingsbury, obviously, who I'm infatuated with in terms of the possibility, Marcus Brady, Zach Robinson, Thomas Brown, anything about those guys, Dan, worth knowing? I think Marcus Brady having a pass with Matt Eberflus is interesting. And it also raises a question about how many of these guys are Matt Eberflus's idea and how many of these guys are Ryan Poles's or maybe someone else's? Zach Robinson drafted by the New England Patriots, I believe in 2010, which means he would have spent a little bit of time around Tom Brady, who knows something about quarterbacking. Uh, also has been on the, the staff with Sean McVay in L.A. for the last five years, a respected up-and-coming coach uh, on that McVay tree. That, that, that name caught my attention on Thursday uh, when he was part of that list. They're obviously um, 
I said this the other day. They're, they've been out on the West Coast here for a lot of this. Right. <laughs> are, are we are we are we canvassing the country? Are we going to get all the way uh, to Miami in like late February, right before the combine well, starts? To, I think to, they'll to be back in Frank Chicago Smith and, and Daryl Bevel down down in the in in the Miami tree. When when will the temperatures get higher than twenty? <laughs> that may be when they get back to Chicago because yeah. it's going to be a while. That's a hey, L.A. and Miami. They're hard. They're the smart places to hang out right now. Yeah, I agree. Hey, hey George, can we get the jet? We're going to go out. Uh, we really need to do a lot of research. It's going to take. Uh, let me check the weather. Uh, Ten days out west to get us the. To, to find a coordinate. You guys can fly coach. Uh, <laughs> so Zach Robinson is a good name. Marcus Brady um, has some CFL background in terms of his, uh, his, his experience. He, his kid would be coming off the Eagle staff and uh, Tom, Thomas, Thomas Brown, Brown comes yeah. from the, the Panthers. Thomas Brown. I met in a corridor between the Marriott and the convention center in Indianapolis at the combine a couple of years ago, so said hello, was introduced. So hello. So that, you know, uh, hi, hi Thomas. Uh, <laughs> maybe I'll be covering you soon, but he, you know, that one might be a little bit of, of a tough sell coming from Carolina that just tried this with the, the number one overall pick and it didn't go so well there uh, with Frank Reich and Bryce Young and, uh, friend of the program, Josh McCown, and everyone else that was part of that. But we'll see. You know, look, yeah. like, I mean, is this list going to get to 15? Is it going to get to 18? Is it going to get to 20? Are they going to have to pivot because all these other teams that are, are going through hiring processes are going to have to figure out a way to um, get in the mix, you know? And, and More than 12 would be cumbersome. I, I think if you get to double digits, you're starting to wonder. Because I, they- I asked that because I asked Matt directly on the on the day of the, the end of season news conference if he had a, a short list. And he, he very distinctly, yes, you know, got a short list. Well, this list is getting pretty darn long. Find short. I have to kind of, yeah, I kind of have to flip the page. And it's like a Santa scroll at some point. <laughs> yeah, it's getting a little bit uh, uh, long, I think. So I think you go beyond 10, you start to wonder if they know what they're looking for. Meanwhile, the defensive coordinator, that search, maybe it's not even begun, but I, we haven't heard any names to let people know. We're not ignoring it. It's just there's not really any news on that front. And I don't know what else there is besides the search for the coordinators, Dan. Um, there's the hard knocks development this week that the Bears could be one of three teams forced to be uh, on hard knocks next uh, preseason because they, um, then the Saints and the Broncos, they meet the criteria do you expect that to be something? That no, we, we, we go through this annually. We go through, yeah. through this probably two or three times a year where people are wondering if they're going to be on hard knocks. George, is, uh, George McCaskey has always been very um, emphatic in not wanting to be part of hard knocks. The NFL very rarely forces a team into it. Yes, there are provisions that would require them to, but usually someone raises their hand and jumps in line before they push someone into the, the deep end of the pool that is uh, resisting going into the deep end of the pool. So I, I, I don't see that being a possibility. The Bears have also been um, very adamant about kind of producing their own content in this regard. And, and I would imagine that would be the direction they would continue to go. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't put a lot of stock in that at this point at all. So when you look at the other news this week, Jalen Johnson talked to Keyshawn Johnson on, on Fox sports, uh, the show can't remember the name of the show, but Keyshawn Johnson made some news um, because Jalen Johnson talked about number one, getting paid, uh, what he thinks is he's worth, which would be the highest paid cornerback in the NFL. And secondly, I think he defended Justin Fields as he has in the past, but he also kind of implicated the coaching staff in terms of not being able to develop Justin Fields 
and Jalen Johnson as as outspoken as ever. Yeah, I'd be curious to to know what you made of that. I, I've always appreciated, as we've documented a lot on this podcast, Jalen's candor and his willingness to um, just take questions head on and just let his feelings be known. I don't take all of it as gospel. Um, I take all of it. Um, you know, seriously and significant because I think his voice matters and I think his observations matter um, as it relates to his contract. It's going to be really interesting to see how those negotiations go because both sides have been very emphatic about this is going to get done. This is going to get done. But until there's a number in the middle, you have to be able to navigate those waters. The Bears last weekend let Cliff Stein, who was part of their contract negotiation team, go, and he's no longer part of the organization. And so uh, Matt Feinstein, who was a, a hand-selected guy from Ryan Poles when he came in as the general manager, will be kind of at the head of those negotiations. And um, they're going to have to find a way to uh, make it work, right? Like if it doesn't work, then you're right back to where we were in late October and November where Jalen was saying, well, fine, I'll go elsewhere. Trade me, you know, and and in this case, they won't be able to trade him because the contract's expiring and he'll have a chance to explore the open market. It'd be really fascinating just to, to see how much both sides are willing to bend. Quickly, Cliff Stein is going to be missed. He represented the Bears as well as any employee did or has in the last 22 years. And I understand why they might um, want to part ways and Kevin Warren bring in his own guy or whatever the case may be. But Cliff Stein always represented the Bears in a professional way and had some really innovative ways to, to structure contracts and things that he did very quietly behind the scenes, but uh, also a quality uh, individual. So he's going to be missed. As for Jalen Johnson uh, on the show, all facts, no breaks. Love that name. He told Keyshawn Johnson he wanted to be paid uh, more than any other cornerback in football. That would be Jair Alexander, $21 million per season. Jair Alexander only played in seven games this year, but one of them was the eighth one was the playoff game against the Cowboys, and he had a heck of a game. When you have guys like that, I do think that some of the rules are bent a little bit. And and Jalen Johnson, yes, he has to be more durable. Yes, he needs to catch those picks when they are thrown right to him. He did have four, and his metrics are very good about what he did when they weren't challenging him. Dan, I think that with all the cap space the Bears have, when you identify defense as the strength of your team and when you have a general manager says he's not going anywhere, I think they've got to keep him. And I think that if that means paying him north of 20 per year, I think that might be the price of playing poker and you might have to ante up. So it'll be really interesting to know whether Jalen will be offended if he's not the highest paid. If he, he, he has sort of expressed on several occasions that he didn't need to be market resetting to, to, to be satisfied. Well, let's see when, when push comes to shove at the negotiation table, if they, if they offer you something less than that, will you ag- agree to it? There's another part of this conversation that ties into what you were talking about with Justin Fields just a minute ago. I think one of the things that is not talked about enough in the current quarterback discussion on what the Bears should do with Fields or the number one pick and how they should use both of them to, to, um, push themselves in a direction that builds their team properly. You talk to people around the league and they say, Trading Justin Fields creates, and drafting a quarterback, creates 2025 and 2026 room to build your team. It's like there's this fixation on the the draft capital the Bears can get for trading the number one over pick and what they can use to turn that into. By trading Justin Fields, you're also giving yourself, let's say, Justin Fields got the Daniel Jones deal after his fourth year, and they gave him four years and $160 million. It's $40 million a year on your quarterback position that prevents you from signing a a starter on both sides of the ball, 
probably four or five depth pieces and continuing to do that part of the roster building process while your young rookie quarterback is on that rookie deal. That's why people talk about that rookie quarterback clock so often, because that gives you resources to build your team in that direction. And everyone that I've spoken to, David, talks about 2025 and 2026 as being the bargain years for your quarterback position, if that's the direction you decide to go. I bring that up in in relation to Jalen Johnson, because that is the type of thing that could help Jalen Johnson get paid the money that he wants to be paid to stick around. Bookmark this, Studs. It's uh, this podcast at this point, uh, because this is the point when you're talking about what to pay Jalen Johnson, what, why going to a rookie quarterback makes sense, why taking advantage of drafting first and having Caleb Williams there makes sense. It's all about, yeah, it's it's Justin Fields versus Caleb Williams. And I'm fine with that comparison, but it's more than that. That's way more. Dan, you, you, just, you just expressed it perfectly and why people have to remember this. When we're talking about, yeah, sign Jalen Johnson, make him north of $20 million because you have to keep him. You have your defensive identity. It's all related. Yeah, you just you, swallowed up your some of your salary cap space. Yes, because if you keep Justin Fields down the road, you're not going to be able to keep Jalen Johnson and pay him what he is going to need to stay. So all of a sudden, then you got you're elevating Tyreek Stevenson being your number one corner. You're going out to get a veteran to fill in that gap, and your defense is not what it was or is or could be. So yeah, it's all related. Everything's connected. It's all connected. All, all right, are connected. Great point. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, what did you think about Daniel Jeremiah's uh, first mock draft? We're going to see a lot of mock drafts, but uh, Daniel Jeremiah is a respected talent evaluator. I've been on the record for 10 years as as being really uh, averse to mock drafts because a a lot of times they expire quickly. This year is a little different with the Bears picking twice in the top 10 because it gives you an opportunity to put together a lot of mix and match combinations. Daniel Jeremiah put out his uh, mock draft 1.0, and he had the Bears addressing offense and defense in – round one. And so you've got Caleb Williams, the Southern California quarterback coming to the bears with the number one overall pick. And he says that the decision for Ryan Poles at number one overall will be an easy one. Uh, You take the most talented quarterback in the class, and then you go through uh, what is unfortunately going to be a run on receivers in his mock draft. Marvin Harrison to the Cardinals at four, Roma Dunze to the Chargers at five, Malik neighbors to the giants at six. And you got to wait till number nine, but you still get one of the best edge rushers in the draft. And it's Jared verse from Florida state. If you walk out of night one of the draft with a franchise quarterback and Caleb Williams and one of the best edge rushers in the class to pair with Montez Sweat, like there will be reason for this fan base to be going nuts, you know, about what where where they could be headed with 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 two rookies being able to help you right away in that regard. Uh, I believe that in in DJ's first mock draft, 
um, Jared versus the second defensive player off the board following uh, Dallas Turner, the Alabama edge rusher, who would go one pick before them to the Falcons. So it just kind of gives you an idea early on here as we sift through this, the ability to, to put together this combination. If you do choose to keep the number one pick, you still have a pick in the top 10 that allows you to get really good in another area also. I want either a left tackle or a wide receiver for the Bears at nine if you pick Caleb Williams first, only to try to maximize the value of the quarterback pick. So I get the edge rusher thing. I, I think that you could probably would you take Brock Bowers as a as a pass catching tight end? I think that would count. Yeah. I, I think that might be, you know, if if he becomes uh, again <laughs> Early draft talk, the ceilings are always going to be higher. But if he becomes your Travis Kelsey, yeah, I think that – Sam Laporta? Sam Laporta. Uh, you can pair him with Colt Komet. There's room for everybody, especially if you have a quarterback that can give them the, deliver the ball where he wants when he wants to. So somebody like that, a weapon and then – or a protector. A weapon or protector for a quarterback because you want to maximize the pick at number one. So that would be the way I – early on would be leaning – if I'm Ryan Poles. This initial mock draft has quarterbacks going one, two, three, Williams, May, and Jaden Daniels. It has Bo Nix in the top 15 from DJ. So that's that's the highest we've seen that to this point. That's uh, obviously something to keep an eye on. Uh, I don't believe J.J. McCarthy was listed in the first round here. So um, that's another one to... to... Uh, I've seen him listed as high as, as, high as 11. I, yeah. It, but it's early. It's early in the process. All right, Dan, before we get out of here, there's plenty of time to get to the mock drafts. Yeah. You know, you and I are, are sports writers, and obviously we uh, have, have similar approaches and appreciations for sports journalism. Tough day, awful day for the industry. Friday, Sports Illustrated is no more. And, you know, all of us can have our favorite covers, and I just think for so many years and stories and writers over the years – it was the standard for reporting, for writing, for photography. And it just is such a sad day for the industry, for people who do what we do and love what we love. I just, I don't know even how to, you, you, we can't address it adequately in a podcast or an interview or anything because it's just, it's like an in industry, the atrophy is just so demoralizing and deflating to watch. And this is just another blow. I was a young kid and my father had a subscription to Sports Illustrated and you you knew what happened. You know, it was Thursday afternoon. You'd come home and you'd run to the mailbox. You wanted to, to, to get it. And that lasted from the mid 80s into my time in high school and college. And, and, and when I had my own subscription, you'd you'd rush to, you know, at, at some point to see what Rick Riley wrote. Gary Smith, one of the models for, oh, for me yeah. in terms of a feature writer, I still have in the bottom drawer of this office that I'm sitting in right now for the stories that he wrote for Sports Illustrated, which I use to help me unlock my brain when I'm feeling stuck on a story. There's a profile of Andre Agassi, if you can ever find it. It's one of my favorite stories ever. Also one of, of Randy Shannon that he wrote that I use all the time to, to kind of uh, feel it out. To your point, it's just, it, it's insane to see what's happened to our industry, to see what hap what's happened to our business, to think that an iconic establishment like Sports Illustrated, I have boxes and tubs full of old SIs in our garage right now. My wife asks, why are you keeping these? I never have a good answer. It's a, it's a nostalgic uh, attraction of things that I like to dust off every once in a while and read through and, and understand what really deep reporting and journalism and sports writing was all about. And, and that was the model. That was my dream job, David, growing up. And so to see the state that it's in today, 
um, it's, it's, it, it's honestly, it's unfathomable. And, and so uh, hearts out to all those people that are going to lose work and lose jobs and have to, yeah. to restart. And everyone that is in this business usually is in, into it because they have a great passion for what we do. And it's always heartbreaking when things like this go down. Well put. Yeah, I can relate to that. I have uh, not as many as that, but everyone keeps their favorites. I can remember being a young sports writer in the business. Ron Paulus was on the cover and Rick Riley wrote the story. It had to be 1994-ish. And I was such a thrill that Rick Riley quoted a column that I wrote in the South Bend Tribune about Ron Paulus because <laughs> of awesome. des- describing him. And that was like, all right, that's cool. Just like you, you keep certain things, you keep certain stories. And whether it's Frank DeFord and uh, some of his features, the yeah. one on Bobby Knight is epic. And, you know, when you grow up in Indiana, those are things you commit to memory and the leads and the style. And it is, there's sports writers all over the industry like us that copied those guys and mimicked those styles. And just, they're very sad. And today. Got, on the, got on the staircase because of that publication and thought, man, that would be so awesome to do that one day. And no doubt, <laughs> no doubt. So it's very, uh, unfortunate just had to mention that okay so we're gonna wrap things up because there's a lot of stuff that's still to happen and we covered a lot of ground and we're gonna let dan go back to being imitating a traffic cone in his <laughs> and i sweatshirt uh for the weekend anything else that we missed dan yeah i'm just gonna give you the most boring playoff picks for divisional weekends since oh. we started the show with it i'm going ravens 49ers lions bills all the home teams that's super boring i uh, just see that's the way it's shaping up this weekend i'm going bills and I'm going Ravens. Yes, I'm going 49ers and I'm going Lions. So I guess I'm going with you. Baker Mayfield could ruin that. And certainly Patrick Mahomes might have something to say. For sure. But we'll be back next week to talk about all the playoff takeaways for the Bears and everyone else, all of the latest on the offensive coordinator search. We appreciate you listening to the Take the North podcast. You can watch us on the 670 Sports YouTube page. We'll talk to you next time. For Adam Sudzinski and Dan Weeder, I'm David Haw. Thank you for listening to Take the North. Great talk to you out there.